Soma is of the body. So somatics is working with all parts of our body. So that's going to be our emotional body, our energetic body, our physical body, our mental body, our spiritual body. It's working with all of those parts. And so somatic work, and it looks, it can look like a million different practices and modalities is bringing us into a working relationship, a presencing even, an awareness of all of these parts of ourselves. Welcome back to the Awakening Her podcast. Today I'm sitting down with Kyla Gagnon. Kyla is a guide who empowers women to live their best life through somatics, through embodiment, through breath work, and through her overall medicine and the magic that she holds. In this episode, this is what we're talking about, about somatics, about the nervous system, how we store things here, how we can release that, how we can heal, how we can come back to a calm and stable nervous system, and what that even means. We also explore what it means to be manifesting at a new level and to hold that vision and that next evolution of who you're becoming in your nervous system. So we really go far and wide. Kyla has so much wisdom to offer. I know you're going to love this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes below where you can find her podcast, her social media. She also offers our listeners 50% off of, I believe it's the first month of her membership. So make sure to check that out if her message really resonates. Oh, I wanted to let you know that there are a few times in this episode where the technology is a little glitchy, but we just roll with it. You can feel us on with the show. Let's dive in. Kaya, welcome to the show. I am so excited you're here. How are you today? I'm so good. I'm so good. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> So good. Yeah. It's the sun's the sun's out. Is the sun out where you are? <laughs> You're not well, far from me. <laughs> he's out, but he's behind clouds. So <laughs> Okay. We Sorry. just had that. So maybe in a in an hour or something, because we're just a I'm up island from you. I don't know if that's how it goes, but maybe you'll get I the hope. sun. <laughs> I'm hoping. We had it be beautiful yesterday. It was one of the most incredible sunrises I've ever mm. seen. So it's possible. Isn't that so beautiful after the fall and the winter when you start getting, you know, we're technically still in winter when we're recording, but when you start getting those sunny days, it was just mm -hmm. today, my husband's going, I miss the sun. Like, I just want my, my skin out, you know, and it's like, we just appreciate it so much as it starts to become sunnier. I love this. I love this part of the year with the transition. The transitions are always so special. And uh, yeah, my partner also is like, he rides a motorbike. So he's like aching. He's like sitting in the garage, sitting with his bike. Like, when is it going to be sunny? When is it yeah. going to be sunny? <laughs> That's how I feel. It's like, come on. <laughs> anyway, I am so happy you're here. I'm so happy for the conversation we're going to get into today. So <laughs> why don't we start by just introducing yourself, letting us know a little bit about yourself and what you do and just introducing what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, my name is Kyla Gayon and I live in Victoria and I work in the realms of somatics, embodiment, breathwork, empowerment for primarily women. We were just talking about that. Um, everybody, but yeah, primarily women. And uh, it, it's this, it's work. It's funny. It's, it, it's work. It's what I do for work, but it also just feels like um, what I've done for lifetimes and it just feels like home. And so it's funny to call it work. Um, I think we're going to get into some juicy conversations about nervous system support and and how we can deepen into our manifestations and deepen into our creation of life and our our healing process, our evolutionary process as humans in this lifetime through supporting our body and and uh, what that looks like in various different ways. I'm excited to see where this trickles, where where it threads to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I thank you so much for just what you do and um, the importance of this. And we were kind of starting to talk about this a little bit before we hit record for 45 minutes, but <laughs> no, <just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the importance of somatics and the nervous system and it's new to me in the way that, you know, the last year is when I've kind of started understanding a little bit more about it. And I'm not, you know, I'm not an expert, so I can't wait to hear what you have to say. But, you know, I would like to start with just even asking like people hear somatics. So if we don't, mm -hmm. if someone doesn't know what it, what's somatics, is it a modality? Is it one way of breath work? Like what, mm -hmm. what is somatic, um, mm -hmm. somatic work? Yeah. Great question. I had no idea what it was like four or five years ago. 
Um, and in a full honesty, I think had you told me then what I would be doing for, for my work, I would have, I just wouldn't have believed it. It would have felt really like hokey is the word I want to say. Um, mm-hmm. and that was just me coming from a very disconnected place. And so somatics, soma is of the body. So somatics is working with all parts of our body. So that's going to be our emotional body, our energetic body, our physical body, our mental body, our spiritual body. It's working with all of those parts. Our subconscious holds, and and maybe this is not new information to any listeners, and maybe it is for some, but our subconscious holds all of our stuff. Our old stories, our beliefs, our woundings, our patterns, our traumas, it holds all of it. It holds the good too. It holds all of the juicy bits, all of our experiences. And it's, it's, it's like memory in our body. And so a lot of it, and I say subconscious because we can consciously be totally unaware of most of it. We usually are. And it's held in our subconscious, which is in our tissues and our body and our muscles in our, in our cells. It's in our, our soma it's in all parts of ourselves and so somatic work and it looks it can look like a million different practices and modalities is bringing us into a working relationship a presencing even an awareness of all of these parts of ourselves and it's giving us access to bits and pieces of information and wisdom and stories and and, and like, aha, is that our conscious mind just like actually will never comprehend the wisdom of our body is so incredible and vast that our mammalian thinking human brain, also brilliant, will never comprehend. And so it's really important that when we're just existing as humans, but particularly if we're if we're really in an intentional evolutionary phase or a healing phase that we access the body, we access our somatic spaces, not just our head because our head carries knowledge and the ability to make up stories and it will do that. (laughs) Whereas if we can actually practice getting into our body and the memories and the stories and the wisdom in there, that's where we're really going to get some big work because Mm. that's where the but I'll, I'll say this, like, that's where the truth lies. I, you know, a lot of story, a lot of, of make-believe, a lot of protection, a lot of, um, survival mechanisms, defense mechanisms in the head, truth, wisdom, healing in the body. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so, first of all, I didn't realize that's what somatics meant. I really thought it was like nervous system work in general, but Mm -hmm. understanding all the layers of the body, um, all of our different bodies, that is so fascinating. And it's interesting that you're saying like our truth is held in our body, but Mm -hmm. also our trauma is held in our body. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes it feels like the body could be feel like a not safe place to be. So -hmm. then we're not able to access the wisdom because Mm -hmm. the body hasn't been either a Mm -hmm. safe place or you're afraid to go there and Mm -hmm. see, you know, uncover what's in there. Um, So it's kind of almost contradicting a little bit. It's, it's, it's like, hmm, I don't want to shy anyone away from the work, but some like, it's big work. This, this journey we're on as humans and unpacking things and moving into our healing spaces, it's big work. It really is. It's big, brave, bold work. And, and, and it's, it's right there for us and it's supported and it is safe. It is safe to do this work with yourself and what's on the other side is like pure magic and bliss and, and worth it. Uh, and it takes time. So somatic work is slow. It's subtle. It's gentle. And the reason being is that trauma is too much, too soon, too fast. Mm. And so the way to move through that and the way to create safety is slow Mm. and subtle. It's not fast. It's not penetrative. It's not let's do this. Let's like get through it. Let's get over it. You know, that old school mentality of like, ah, just get over it. I just got to push through. No, no, you don't. That's not the way through. Or just like one big cry and then you're good. You're like, okay, released all my stuff. I'm great. Yeah, definitely no, definitely no. And so for those who, yeah, who haven't felt safe in their body, A, being supported by a, 
an external support, a facilitator is going to be really important, someone that you really trust, but it also, there has to be some patience there and, and the, the ability or not the ability is not the right word. The, um, the, what's the word I want to say? There has to be a part of you that's like, okay, I'm here for this. I am going to bring my, my loving unconditional witness, that part of me that's like here unconditionally, they're going to come forward to hold this. And I'm, and I'm just, I'm here to take my time and I'm going to let that part of me take their time and really be open to a slow, subtle, gentle process of basically rebuilding relationship with this body that you're in, rebuilding relationship with that wounded part, right? Maybe it was when you were three or four or five or seven or 18, whenever the the thing happened that is causing you that unsafety, it's coming back into relationship with that part of you through awareness and presence and feeling the feelings and really being in safe places, like, like, whether you're in your home, if home is safe for you, or if your therapy room is safe for you, or set and setting is really important, right? And so if your body doesn't feel safe, if that is something that someone's working with, okay, then when we're going to do the work, let's make sure that the environment you're in feels really safe to you so Mm -hmm. that there can be that uh, kind of like exhale, take off the armor and, and okay, this might be a good place to start. And for some, that might be as far as you go is just that like, openness to doing the work because I'm in some, I'm somewhere safe or I'm with someone safe. That might be where you stay for months, Mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that you really are talking about this and safety because it feels like even off mind and the stories and what we're making things mean, like it's not safe. It doesn't register as safe. Even if you're, you weren't physically unsafe it's, it's like you said, too much, too fast, too soon. It's mm-hmm. the opposite. And so mm-hmm. learning how to have patience and bring safety, because I think maybe correct me if, if, or add to this, if you feel um, that it's off at all, but it's like, it feels like that's what we're craving. Like, it feels like that's what healing truly is, is like bringing mm-hmm. safety back into our bodies, all yeah. of that. And yeah. that's what we didn't have. That's what was ripped from us or traumatized us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're really crying out for safety, which is why we yeah. want money and we want a partner and we want, you know, whatever yeah. else. Yeah. Um, it's not that it, those are bad things at all. We all deserve all the things, but it mm-hmm. can be because we just d- don't have that safety inside. And so we're always looking for it, yeah. especially, um, you know, how you're saying our body remembers the things that we've been through. Absolutely. That's exactly it. And there, you know, when it comes to trauma and this big trauma or little trauma, like trauma as a child could be your mom taking your dirty old Barbie that you love to play with, but it's filthy and torn apart and her throwing it in the garbage and be like, we're going to get you a new one. That might've been wildly traumatizing to you. Like, Oh my God, how could she get rid of my favorite toy? What am I going to do? Like whatever the story was, but now as an adult, you're like, Oh, that wasn't really a big deal. It was just a Barbie. But to that little self, that was a really big deal. And so what's happening is like a missing, there's a, there's a missing experience that happens in a traumatic situation. So what that child experienced was this is, we're going to use this example, the Barbie example, Parent is just like, no, that's dirty garbage. We're going to get rid of it. It's filthy. You shouldn't be touching that, throwing it away. You start to cry. They're like, don't worry. We'll get you another one. And just like continues on with their day. But you're really upset and you're having to cry. What you actually needed in that moment was parent to kneel down, to be present with you, to be like attuning to you, noticing your big feelings, recognizing your big feelings. I know this is, you know, I see some sad, you've got some big sad and that's okay. We can be sad and we're going to get you a new Barbie and, you know, like to stay in your presence, to give you that awareness, to see that your feelings are sore, to let you have those feelings, to, to stay until you feel safe. That was the experience we needed. And it's the experience that was missing. We didn't get the, it didn't come to completion in that feeling seen, heard, loved, and safe. So that you're exactly right. Like we're seeking that safety mm-hmm. because safety as a little one was love, feeling like there was presence in love. That's what made us feel safe. And today, still as grown adults, that 
that makes us feel safe, right? Someone is here present with me, aware, they hear me, they see me, they love me. Mm-hmm. And so there's always a missing experience that we're, we're always like kind of seeking and trying to find in life. And, it, and it's why we generally end up in relationships that aren't right for us, jobs that aren't right for us, situations that aren't right for us, because we're just seeking this thing outside of ourselves when the work is actually inside of ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so just trippy how complex and layered we are. Cause even mm-hmm. when you're saying like, I've had bigger things happen to me, you know, things that seemed smaller. I remember one time my mom, I came back from summer from visiting my dad and she had read my journal and taken down my Kurt Cobain poster because he was a bad influence, but it's like, I never forgot that you broke my trust. I was so upset about the journal and so violated feeling. And now I look and I mean, I wouldn't go read my kid's journal, but it's, it is sort of more a normal ish thing that could happen. But I just, I, it's like, I decided that day, I cannot trust you. You do yeah. not have my back. And I had decided that a few times before with her, but it's just really interesting. These things that aren't as an adult, as you say, like I wasn't being abused in that moment. I you know, but to me, mm-hmm. it was trust. It was, you know, just fe- feeling violated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that, that decision I made and, and I've always had trust issues with her. And so it's like, even as an adult, I, it's hard to override those things unless you start doing this work that we're talking about. Um, yeah. The other thing I wanted to share that I just thought was really interesting is um, I shared with you privately and I've talked about on the show, I had some bullying when I was in grade eight. And so I was about 13 and it was really aggressive. She hit me. She threw things at me. She turned all my friends against me. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'd never been the one being made fun of and everything just like changed on a dime. She was really aggressive And, um, I ended up leaving school because she was so aggressive. I was scared. I had no friends. I was alone. She, the Uh cops got involved. She was threatening my life. It got really escalated. And so a couple of years ago, I went on this healing road trip and I'm off on the road. It's like Talia (laughs) in her like freedom life. And I'm like going back to all the places I've lived and I've lived in a lot of places. And I went back to my elementary schools and I went back to all these different houses and, what I did is I went outside the houses and I pulled up that version of me and like what I was going through in that time and the struggles out. Cause I've struggled so much in my life. There was like anguish at every stop. It was mm-hmm. like, Oh, this was the eating disorder. And this was like more the little me. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I was standing outside these places and I would give healing to those versions of me. I would imagine them with me. <sighs> and I was doing this like quantum healing road trip. So mm-hmm. when I, just when I was going to my high school where all this bullying happened, I hadn't been there in a long time. And so I had like stopped at this health food store, got some sort of wrap, ate it, started making my way. And I'm going like, where is it again? And I, I knew it was somewhere close, but I was actually letting my myself be guided unless I needed GPS. I was trying to remember how to get back mm-hmm. to these places. It was trippy. It was neat. So that. I'm like going, I'm like, I think it's down here. I think it's down. And all of a sudden my stomach, I just started getting shooting pains. And my first thought's like, hmm, maybe it's gas. I don't know. <laughs> right. And I'm like, okay, I think it's down here. No, it's not down this road. And all of a sudden I started feeling sick. And all I'm like, am I gonna throw up? Like, was that a bad falafel wrap? Like, what was the what what's going on? I couldn't even think of it because my head wasn't emotional. I wasn't going like, okay, this is the high school. I was actually like easy breezy, sunny day. My mm-hmm. body's hurting. And as I got closer, it just dawned on me. Either my spirit team brought me aware of it, or I realized I'm like, oh my goodness, this is my body remembering. And mm-hmm. as soon as that clicked, it was like, just this, like, I can even feel it. It's like this sick gut tight, weird feeling. And I started like shaking and I'm sitting here going, holy shit. It was such a powerful realization because my mind wasn't in that state driving up to it. Mm -hmm. I was feeling good and it was, yeah, it's dense, but it wasn't like a panic attack or anything, but my body from the inside out to the point where I thought for a second I had food poisoning, Mm -hmm. it remembered. And I sat outside the high school and all of a sudden just these emotions wanted to come out. And it was like crying, but it was anger and kind of just like, fuck you. And all this time, the stuff that happened and I just let it be there. And with my Mm -hmm. limited knowledge of the nervous system, I just started breathing and 
as I let myself move through it until there wasn't a lot of emotion left. And then I just started like putting my hand on my heart and breathing Mm -hmm. and just bringing safety kind of back into my body. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had this visual of the part of me that feels unsafe was just like you said, it was like a loop that wasn't closed. It was this Mm -hmm. unresolved thing. And then I was coming in now as sort of my whole self or authentic self or highest self and bringing safety into that version of me. And I felt my whole system just go like, and, and then, you know, spent a few more minutes in that and then got weirdly calm, like very almost like stoically calm. And I sat there going, what the hell just happened? But it felt really powerful. And I just kind of wanted to share that maybe someone listening has had an experience like that where, you know, you see your old house or a vehicle of an ex or something and your body just reacts before you even consciously do. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just wanted to share that. And, and is obviously it's my body remembering would be my best guess. That's powerful. Yeah. Your body was like, that was a somatic healing experience. (laughs) That was your body guiding you through quite perfectly, actually. Like, bringing you into the pain. I'm sorry, that must've felt really uncomfortable, but bringing you into that and the way that your body supported you, even like with the shaking, like the shaking and the emoting. And I love that you allowed that to come all the way through rather than trying to stop it. Cause what happens so often, you know, we see someone crying and maybe not so much now in our life, but you know, when we were younger, someone's crying and our instinct is to like hug them and stop them. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. And we stifle and we stop the flow that needs to happen to complete that loop and the, the tremoring, the shaking, that's brilliant. So as a mammal, like a mammalian mind, a mammalian, um, system will tremor and shake. Like animals will tremor and shake to release trauma, to release, panic and fear and, and wounding all the way until that's out of their system. And then they'll carry on. Like there's this really wild video that I was shown to us in one of my trainings of a cheetah chasing a gazelle and is chasing it around, chasing it around and gets it. And by the time it gets it, it's like quite tired. So it's the gazelle looks like it's dead and the cheetah is like on it and it's not doing anything because it's exhausted, but it has it and it has its um, a part of it in its mouth and it gets tired or it gets spooked or something happens and the cheetah needs to, to leave and it's going to come back to eat its meal. And once the cheetah leaves, you can see the gazelle starts to like tremor and looks almost like it's seizuring and its body is releasing the trauma of being chased and thinking it's going to die. And it fully tremors until, and it's wild to watch, looks like a seizure, really unpredictable all over the place. And then it starts to smooth itself out. And it's just in this like kind of spinal wiggle until it's done. And then it hopped up and and away it goes fine as can be. And we have that same system in our body We've just been taught to shut it down. So the mm-hmm. fact that your body wanted to tremor and shake, and that's why when we're when we're in fear, when we're crying, when we're panicked, like there is that that internal shaking. That's beautiful. Let your body do that. That is mm-hmm. such a gift that your body is offering you. So that story, the way you just explained that, was like a perfect cycle of a somatic experience, and and then allowing the healing even in. And of course you did with your intuitive knowing and just the way that you're so supportive, but yeah, that's the process. That's the process. Feel the feeling, allow yourself to be like witness to and present with that feeling because that part of you, that younger self, it, of course she's upset. Of course she's upset. Of course she's afraid. Of course she's mad. So those feelings get to be there. And also too, that can be, that can be our healing being allowed to have our feelings. You know, some of us grew up in households where maybe we weren't allowed to be angry. Maybe we weren't allowed to even show emotion. Maybe it was like, keep yourself together, be quiet, be still like who knows. And so even just allowing yourself the emotion can be the healing part, but that whole process sounds so beautiful. Yeah. Thank it's you crazy. for sharing. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy how we do that. Like I, when you were saying we often are told as a kid, like, you know, oh, it's okay. Or even by friends, oh, don't cry, don't cry. Right. Even our spouse sometimes, like if, if it's a man, they just want to help you. So they're like, okay, you, it's okay. I'll get you this thing. And, and you just, I just need to cry. Well, what can I do? <laughs> I don't need you to do anything. And the man's going, oh my God, <laughs> you know, rub my back. That's what you can do. Cause I can't, yeah. can't fix this. It's okay. Yeah. But yeah. I just got this image of like how we even start crying and we like wipe away our tears and like, yeah. it's okay. I gotta, I gotta get it together because either yeah. you're busy, you got to go out, you don't want the kids to see you like this, or it's like the shadow of of like, I shouldn't be feeling this. These emotions mm -hmm. are unpleasant or make people mm -hmm. uncomfortable. So I'm mm -hmm. just going to put myself back in a pretty little presentable box because yeah. people don't really want to hear this, right? Yeah. Um, but I love that you were talking about like letting your body go through it. And I, I was even thinking about the shaking mm -hmm. and how I'll have clients that, you know, have, are working through dense things. And it's almost like sometimes we look at shaking as like, we're freaking out, like it's bad. Like we make it mean something like it's yeah. the wrong direction. But what yeah. you're saying is it's actually part of the yeah. processing, releasing the cycle. And it's a yeah. beautiful thing. So it's like when you're shaking, letting yourself do that is, mm -hmm. as opposed to thinking, oh crap, I'm moving backward. I'm going to have a panic attack. This is yeah. wrong and bad. And it's not, yeah. it's healing actually. Absolutely. And like with that, let's, let's assume someone's in this situation and they're shaking and they start to then tell stories of like, oh my God, what's wrong with me? I'm curious what's actually causing the panic attack is not the shaking. It's the, the overthinking and like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? When truly it's like, absolutely nothing is wrong with you mm -hmm. and to allow this to move through and you coming into the breath and just, I mean, think about what's the, what's the first thing when women are in labor that we're taught to do. It's to breathe, you know, mm -hmm. our, our breath is our number one ally. It will, it, its power is confusing. It's so, it's, it's so powerful and, um, and, and bringing awareness to it, right? Cause when we get into that panic state, we're completely disconnected our breath is just irregular all over the place. Whereas if we can just bring even awareness to it, it will start to slow. It will start to guide us back into that state of calm, mm -hmm. right? It'll bring us out of that panic sensation. That's mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's job. It's literally it's jobs to keep us alive. That's so powerful. And I think, you know, in this self-development, self-growth manifestation, we hear a lot of things we should do, but when you really connect, like why not just you should breathe or breath work, you know, everyone that's woke needs to do breath work. It's like, <laughs> you know, to, to get the badge or whatever. Um, but when we really understand, and one time, I don't know how you would describe this, um, but source just showed me, it was like, this realization that when you feel unsafe for whatever reason, whether it's perceived or it's like a lion's running toward you, your breath, as you said, gets shallow and sporadic because at that moment you're running for your life or someone's breaking in, whatever. So the antidote, it's like so freaking simple, is by taking even one deep breath, you show your brain we are safe because if we weren't safe, we couldn't do this. It just wouldn't yeah. be. So when I kind of saw that, I was like, oh, it's like a hack. And that's kind of what you just said. It's like the biggest sort of um, like straightforward, it's going to work every time type of tool mm -hmm. for, to even just start the nervous system regulation. Because if you were stressed and running for your life, mm -hmm. um, you wouldn't be taking a deep breath. So like, yeah. I just thought that was such a cool insight to be like, oh, yeah, it, it is like a hack to show yourself you're safe. Yeah. It's breath. Exactly. I love that. I, that's such a simple, <laughs> profound way to say it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's Thank cool. You. Thank you. So I'd love to talk about um, this is so, you know, the seekers in this community that are listening, like we have big dreams, we have big things we're going for, mm -hmm. whether that's big personal transformation or, you know, businesses or whatever else we have these big internal goals. So I'd love to talk about how when you're going for something big that you would consider big or that feels potentially out of reach or it pushes your growth edge, it's just like a little bit past, you know, or a lot past. 
Um, how I'd love to just hear about the interaction with the nervous system. And that's something I've been learning more about how we, it's an energetic capacity we hold and we need to learn how to, you know, be able to not just manifest things by writing them out in a certain way and doing certain actions, but we actually need to somewhat learn how to hold that reality in our body, our bodies. Um, Mm -hmm. so I would love to just hear you explaining that, especially as we're reaching for bigger and bigger things within our, our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So first, maybe let's even break down the nervous system a little bit. So the nervous system, and I I trust that a lot of listeners know this, but it's always good just for like the refresher, I feel like. Uh, We've got parasympathetic and our sympathetic. And so parasympathetic, right? Rest and digest. Sympathetic is more fight, flight, action taking. But then even within there, we have sort of three different responses that the nervous system will run through. So we've got our ventral vagal state, which is sort of that more, um, it's safety. It's like like you and I right now are, are quite likely in ventral vagal. We're safe. We're having engagement. We're, you know, things are, things are good. Things are smooth. Life's great. Then you've got the, the sympathetic state, which is more, um, let's say the doorbell rings. It's like, whoo. And it startles you, right? We've got that, that, okay, now we're mobilizing, we're action taking, we're like, oh, we're up or the alarm goes off. That's going to put you in a sympathetic state a little bit. And then we've got the dorsal vagal, which is, is sort of, I, I often think of it as like, okay, we've got ventral in the middle. We've got sympathetic is forward. That's like action taking. And then dorsal is like backwards and dorsal is almost that like freeze response immobilization. It's like where we collapse. So kind of going into more depression and that like energy, And so even just with those three states, the ventral, sympathetic, and dorsal, we can start to almost notice through our day, just as a practice to get familiar with our nervous system a little bit more, where we're at. Like right now, I will say I feel really calm. My heartbeat's normal. You know, breath is easy. If I had a big knock at the door, I guarantee my heart rate would increase. I might even get a bit sweaty right off the bat, just that that sort of startle. And so noticing even... Again, maybe it's your alarm clock. Maybe someone's at the door. Maybe the dog barks. Notice how your system responds. Notice also if you land in that dorsal. Maybe you've had a challenging conversation with someone and you end up in kind of a want, want kind of an energy or you get a message that wasn't so nice or something happens and you you kind of go into like uh, almost like fuck it energy and just like forget it. I'm just going to close up shop, put a blanket over my head and lay on the couch all day. So those are just interesting to start to pay attention to when we're when we're exploring and playing with our nervous system. Um, yeah, in terms of like this expansion that we all are here for and and growth and evolution and and growing our business and growing our life, I'm here for it. I'm doing it too. And I'll just speak for myself, and I trust that everyone will <laughs> relate in some way. I grew up with stories. I grew up in a household personally where um, money wasn't abundant, where things were expensive, things were hard to come by. I couldn't do certain activities because of money. There were there was money stories, whether they were told directly to me, like, hey, Kyla, just so you know, this is my belief about money. That never happened, but I didn't need that to happen because I could see what was going on. I could hear the conversations. And so that sticks with us. The stories stick with us. And so let's just say, let's say I grew up with, and this isn't, this isn't true for me. Um, mom was a kindergarten teacher and dad, uh, was a garbage man. Let's just say that's what my parents did. I don't know how much garbage men get paid. Maybe they get paid way more than I think they do, but let's just say we had an income, a household income of $80,000 in the eighties. Let's just say, which actually maybe would have been a really good household income. I can't remember. Let's just say parents made $80,000 my whole life. And we just got by. And here I am now in my forties. And I'm like, you know what? I, I have a goal of $500,000 this year. I'm going to make $500,000 this year, but I've never made that money. And I've never known anyone in my life to make that money. I might have this big desire to, but if I haven't gone in to meet those old stories and beliefs that money's really hard to come by, my nervous system is regulated to that $80,000 existence. My nervous system knows what that is. It knows it really well because we had many years of that and I haven't done anything different. And so here I am trying to bring in this new existence and my system is like, uh, what? 
No. And so a couple of things could happen. A, I could just shut off any opportunity to get it because I'm a terrified and I don't know I'm doing it because it's subconscious because it's old stories, but like, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to, whatever the stories might be like, Oh, I'm not going to launch a podcast because that's really scary. Meanwhile, that could be my key to making those connections to make that money. But that seems like a, you know, seems like a lot of work, a lot of editing. I don't think I have time. I'm probably not going to do that. Okay. Well, maybe you start a group program and, and you know, you've got all of these people waiting for you to do this thing. Why don't you start a group program? Ooh, I don't really like group stuff. You know, like you start to get in your way. It's not you, it's your nervous system. Cause it's like, mm. Ooh, I don't even know what that is. Another opportunity or another thing that might happen is you earn the money, money comes in and you don't know how to hold it. So you're just spending it. You're, you're buying people trips. You're like, Oh my God, I have all this money. Come to Mexico with me. And you're spending it. And all of a sudden you're like, I have no money to show. I made $500,000 last year. I have nothing to show for it. Yeah. Cause your nervous system couldn't hold it. This could be relationships right? This, this is everything. And so it's, it's creating a safe base home for what you're calling into land. And that will come with a getting clear on what are your stories? If it's money, which a lot, you know, for entrepreneurs, we live in this world, it's, it's money, money's a big deal. And so, wow, like what stories did you grow up learning about money? And maybe let's, let's then flip it into relationships. Well, maybe we grew up in a household where if if, if you had a mom and a dad, let's say, keep it real simple. Let's say dad worked out of town three weeks out of the month, was never really home. Doesn't mean he wasn't there lovingly. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you, but he's, he's away all the time. Mom's sad. When dad comes home, he's exhausted because he's been on the road for three weeks. So the first couple of days he sleeps, you can see mom's kind of like, following him around like a kitten, trying to do everything to please him. And he's just kind of like, ah, honey, later, 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 later. And there, and, and it's like, she's not ever being met fast forward into life. Do we find ourselves dating men who are just never really available for us? They're never really around. They never really give us the attention we need. Well, that's what our nervous system has taken in as belief. Uh, This is what love is. This is a relationship. And so if we want this stoic man who's like there for us and takes us on dates and makes us dinner and like treats us like queens and brings us flowers. Well, we need to get into this new belief that that is even available for us. So it's getting really clear on what stories do you carry about this thing that you're calling in? Mm. And then the next thing is like, can you start bringing in proof that it exists? And what that often means is checking who do you surround yourself with? What are you watching? What stories are you listening to? What accounts are you following on social media? Getting in, like getting what you desire in your reticular activating system, getting it in your eyes. You see it all the time. Your your friends have loving relationships. Your friends are making a ton of money. The people that you sit in masterminds with, they're super successful. They're really creative. Get in the room with people that are doing what you desire to start showing your nervous system that, oh, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's possible. And then we start to unwind from those old stories and like going on and on and on. But it comes down to like, we can want something. We all want something that's bigger and outside of our norm. But if we don't do some work to cultivate a belief and a system that feels safe to hold it, it's never going to be ours the way we want it to be ours. Uh, all <laughs> like the I just, things. I just, just talked want- for so long. That was so good though. That is just so well explained and I feel it. It feels so true. It's like what is safe for us is basically like what we've experienced. So sometimes we need to almost shift the definition of safety because you'd be like, well, I'm only making $40,000. I'm always scared. I can't eat. That's not safe. But if that's what your parents did or what you experienced as a kid, it's not so much about that you enjoy it. It's that that's what is normal to you. Like it's almost like you could almost switch the word for normal to you. So your nervous system registers it, as you said, as like, okay, I understand this. Yeah. doesn't mean we like it. And that's usually the part where we're so frustrated because we don't like it or we consciously know we are worth more or that we're deserving yeah. of a good relationship. But subconsciously, mm-hmm. what is comfortable is some sort of dysfunction or whatever. Yeah. I also love that you pointed to the fact that we, because I'll say to people about like what 
what were you told? Yes. About money. But you said, what I say is like, what did you empathically pick up on? Cause a lot of my people are empaths or sensitive beings. It doesn't even have to be empath, but it's like, what did you pick up on? Your parents could have never said money's hard, which that was the big story in my growing up is money is so hard. That's always mm-hmm. what it was hard. Um, but I also witnessed it being hard. I mm-hmm. saw us struggling. I saw us on the poverty line. I saw us getting the Christmas hamper from the community because we were needing it. Right. And I saw that. So it was like, I deduced in my little brain, like, yeah, money's hard. I'm Mm -hmm. hearing it. I'm seeing it full Mm -hmm. visceral experience. It's Mm -hmm. hard. And so that's what then becomes safe. It's like we are relating or something to our inner child or just keeping that story alive because that is literally what we know, um, which is just so fascinating. So what you're saying about how we remedy that, and I know it is a process, it just, you know, to work with somebody and to release this stuff, but for the sake of like this conversation, so, mm-hmm. so it's about, you're saying creating new stories. And I also love, you talked about the proof. I talk about that. I call them activators and it's like mm-hmm. people who show you this is possible. And I'll say to my clients, like, go out and find them, find someone who has cured this autoimmune disease or mm-hmm. has found love after 50 or has, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, like, go find that becomes your job to prove that it's real. So yeah. I love that you mentioned that as well. So yeah, how do we go to remedy? And I love the money example. I'm not being able to break free from this cap that, yeah, now that you're saying it, that's mm-hmm. basically what my parents made. So what do we do now? Mm-hmm. How do we yeah. start to do that? Yeah. Two things I want to say. One, I just want to say before we even change the subject, I don't know who originally said this, um, but the statement is it landed so true. Um, we're more likely to stay in a familiar hell than to step into an unfamiliar heaven. Mm. Comfort zone, right? Like this is safe, quote unquote safe. And that really, yeah, I find that really fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So are you familiar with the term neuralation? No. Okay. This is so cool. This blows my mind. Mm -hmm. So from the moment we're conceived, fast forward seven weeks. So seven weeks, we start to develop our sweet little spine and our nervous system starts to come in. And what's really cool when our nervous system starts to come in is now we start to sponge and take in information. And so we're learning, think about this, seven weeks, mom might not even know she's pregnant yet. But we're taking in information from her nervous system, from her reality as to what is good, bad, scary, happy, easy, hard, stressful, what is love, what is danger, what is safe, what is not safe. Like we are just like soaking it up. That leads through obviously the entire pregnancy. So we've got nine months. That is a very long time to be absorbing someone else's beliefs experiences, stories, hardships, challenges, fears, all of it. It's a long time. Then we're born. Then we have like a year and a bit before there's even words. We don't understand words. So we're still empathically, energetically picking up on things. And so when we come to like understanding some of our habits as adults, a lot of it, we're like, I don't know why I'm like this. Of course you don't. It's it, it all started pre-verbal. There's no words to explain it. There was no words. It and like unless you have some wild, beautiful ability to like go back into your time when you're in the womb and remember it all perfectly, we'll never actually know. And so just with that information, that like that that time frame of really absorbing what wasn't yours, we can start to remember like or maybe remember remember is not the right term, but like come to this conclusion of like, none of this shit was mine anyway. Like this story that I care that money's hard, that's not my story. Why am I telling someone else's story? I have my own story to tell. So what story do you want to tell? You know, so at first for me, at least it comes with that recognition and like really like in my soul, my bones recognition, that isn't my story. I've been wasting my time, my energy, and my breath telling this story, acting out this story. It's not mine. And so what story do I want to tell? And it's not an overnight thing. Let's also be really clear there. I've been working on this specifically with money in my my own life for the last four years. 
And it has only been in the last maybe year and a half where I'm starting to feel like anchored in like, oh no, this is my truth. This is my truth and this is my belief and this is what I'm going to do to make that my reality. Mm-hmm. And so it takes it takes time. And with that, it was being in the space of expanders, of activators. Like really, I put myself in like all of the masterminds. I put myself in everything free or low ticket or whatever I could afford to be in the space of people who were doing what I wanted to do, to be in the proof of. I was changing my conversations. My friends wanted to talk about how expensive gas was. I was like, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, I don't even want to use the word expensive. <laughs> I don't even want to use it. But people go, but you can't ignore reality. I'm like, yeah, I can actually, because it's less <laughs> real to me than the reality I choose to tune into. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. So it, wow. you know, it's, it, I, I believe it's different for everyone, but I also really believe that if we don't go to the root, which in this, in this situation is like understanding where the story even began and I promise you it's bef- it, it was before you were born. Mm-hmm. So it sometimes might feel like, oh, I don't really know. <laughs> and so there, there can be some curiosity. And if mom's alive, it's a really, and you have a relationship with her, it's a really kind of a cool gift. Like, can we talk about what life was like for you when I was inside? Mm-hmm. Like, did anything traumatic happen? Were you broke? Were you stressed? Was there a man around? Was he supportive? What was your family like? Like, was... Like, it's so interesting. I have a girlfriend who, when she was in utero, her mom witnessed a really horrific accident that, don't need to get into the details, but involved young children and was very traumatic for her to witness. And my friend who was inside has lived her whole life, she's in her 30s, with this, like, I don't even know why I'm, I don't know why I'm here. Like, I don't deserve to be here because these children didn't make it. So there was this intense like connection mm. to like, I don't belong here. Like why, why not me? Mm. And, and it wasn't until she was, I think in her early thirties that that became known. She asked her mom and her mom said, Oh, well, well this happened, but like no big deal. Big but deal. You, you weren't even, you weren't even born yet. So it doesn't yeah. really matter. Right. It's it doesn't like- really matter. I was thinking when you're saying that about in the, in the like seven weeks, I was like, talk about co-regulating, like, like, holy shit balls. Like that is like, Mm -hmm. you're not even separate at that point. And, and as you were talking like all this emotion, I'm like, okay, there's definitely something here because I just, some of my biggest, I don't know why I feel this way. And, And there's things in my life that I can see contributed. But right. As you said that I was like, bing, 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 holy shit. I could a hundred percent say my mom felt that while I was pregnant. I'm sure of it without even, you know, it just, wow. So hopefully that really landed for other people as well. Um, Mm -hmm. So one thing that I do, and I don't know if this is something, if it's, if you say, give me feedback and it's a bad practice, nobody do this otherwise, (laughs) but something that just was dropped in one day, um, spirit just gives me all the good nuggets, but it was about like in the moment you're reacting, Mm -hmm. if you can bring safety to yourself, kind of like I was talking about with the story outside the high school, Mm -hmm. if you can bring safety to yourself in that moment, it was like, they showed me like it closed a loop. When you said that, I was like, Oh, I think that's the visual I was seeing. Mm -hmm. So that isn't the entirety of the healing, but talking about, say, this money story or something, and then you realize, like, your parents struggled deeply when you're pregnant or whatever, when she was pregnant or something, when it comes up, and we now are aware from hearing conversations like this and being becoming more aware, is there something we can do, like, in that moment mm-hmm. to even just if we don't know the originating story and we don't have the space to writhe around on the floor crying or whatever, like what can we do in that moment we're triggered? And, and through this conversation, they're like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling these things, tightness. Yeah. Instant sweaty. What do you, what can we do in the moment to even just start that process? Mm-hmm. So it's so interesting in the moments where we're triggered as adults, it's not even us. It's not the adult that's triggered. It's the mm-hmm. young self in it, who first experienced the similar event to what's happening right now, right? Maybe, maybe you had an older brother who used to always cut you off and would never let you get a word in edgewise and you're at work and your male colleague 
shuts you down and doesn't let you talk and you're like about to fucking explode, it's not even about him. It's not current you because current you is a solid, strong adult. She is a, a very sovereign being. It's not about her. It's about the young her. And so it's knowing that, first of all, and giving a minute. And if you're able to step away from the situation, that's best. Step away from that situation. And just, you don't even need to know how old she is. You don't need to remember the event because we probably won't because it was probably repetitive events that just kept happening. But it's 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 taking just a minute to be with that young self and like, hey girl, I see you. Or hey boy, or whoever you, whoever you are, I see you. I got you. I know that wasn't fair. I'm here now. Like I got you now. And 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 give them a, just a minute of presence. Mm. Just a minute of presence. Close your eyes. Like this isn't about adult you. This is like, oh, she's triggered. Poor thing. She's afraid. She feels unseen. So see her. Be with her. Give her some compassion and presence. Give her some presence and compassion. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's almost this like, like really like I got you. Look at us. Like we're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't have to be afraid anymore. We have a voice now. I got you. I've been practicing for you. And it's it's letting her know that she's not alone. She will get a chance to speak. She gets to speak now. She gets mm-hmm. to, or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's it's first of all, because what happens when we're triggered is like, our, our trigger behavior is it's like, we're back in time. We like, we disengage from the current moment and we're back in that moment of whatever it was that first created that pain story for us. And so we're actually acting from that place. So let's say the event happened when you were seven and, and you're now feeling triggered by a really similar thing. Well, your behavior is likely that of a seven-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. That snapback that really like, oh, why did I do that? You know, an hour later, you're like, that was so embarrassing. I shouldn't have acted like that. Yeah, you didn't. She did. Like, mm. it's it's that young self that's, that's kind of taking the reins in that moment. It's and interesting because so- you might also go like, oh, why am I back here? That was right. something I just heard that like, you're back here, back here again. It's like, well, because you are, as you're saying, like you are back there, like not yeah. in progress, but in identity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And like the healing, let's use that example of like big brother talking over you and then coworker talking over you again, like as, as a grown woman or man, it, it's kind of our duty to take care of that young self. Like this is, I'm usually not really, like I was, I'm not a hard like coach, quite soft, but like pull it together. Like this is your life. Quit letting your young self run the show. Show up for them. Like show up for them. Mm. And if it was about a voice, if it's the story of being talked over, then give them a freaking voice. Speak, mm. like speak it up. What's going on? Like you, you can lean back and let your young self run the show your whole life if you want, but I promise you they're afraid and they're not in a good spot. So let like take control, give them safety. That will in turn, like creates so much safety, confidence, empowerment. Like I got this energy and I promise life feels a lot easier from that place. Mm -hmm. But if we just keep letting ourselves loop over and over and over without any accountability, we're not responsible. It's not our fault that what happened to us happened to us. Fast forward to being a sovereign grown adult. Now it's your responsibility. Mm. Now it's your responsibility to be with that young self. And that's a gift to be with that young self. Like Mm. it really, really is. And it comes back to that whole, like, you don't need anyone out here. You don't need anything to like heal you. Mm. You got this. Like it's within you. It is our job to tend to those parts of ourselves. And that's a really beautiful job to have. Mm. And I just, you know, we owe it to ourselves. And I say this because I spent the last like 15 years avoiding her big time, like shutting her down and seeking externally. Mm-hmm. Someone else fix me. Someone else tell me what to do. Someone else show me how to feel better or whatever it was. Yeah. And it's like, oh no, that's a me, that's a me job. <laughs> 
can't I just throw money at this and get somebody else? <laughs> or I used to think, um, like when I learn how to like perfect manifestation, then like, I won't have to deal with any of this stuff. So I'm just going to learn manifestation harder, <laughs> right? Of, like avoiding the gaping wound that is driving my every action. No, no, I'm just going to do more vision boards. I I'm yeah. good. I'm comfortable with that. Right. Yeah. Which I'm is a bandaid. It's a really pretty bandaid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Like, I love the firmness in that because it does like, I'll say that sometimes like your full ass time job is to love yourself, to have your back. And whether we're talking about inner child, like going back in time and healing or being your own cheerleader, or, you know, um, someone said along the line somewhere, um, success doesn't happen with a lazy mind. And I'm not that person either. I'm not the Gary V being like, go on, blah, blah, blah. But there's a time and a place when we need to go, I can't just let my loose ends run the show as if it's truth. So instead of, you know, like you said, it's your duty, it's your job. And for clarity, it's like the duty and the job isn't to like push through and just like freaking overcome it. And that's the end of the story. It's to be with that version of yourself, that part of yourself to go to that, those deeper places Mm -hmm. and to almost like rectify, heal, you know, acknowledge that does become your job or it won't change. Like life will not change if we're not fixing or it's not actually fixing, but Mm -hmm. remedying the root, the root of it, as you're saying. And so I notice like now, if I get a bill in the mail or it's a tighter month and I kind of want to go back into like, see money's hard. I'll feel it. And I'll start to feel my heart start to beat a little bit as I go in my head of like, Oh, and how am I going to pay this? Oh, I can't believe I'm back. And I stop mm-hmm. the train. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really aware of my ego's bag of tricks. I call it like the same <laughs> old narrative, the same old shit. I'm very, you know, so I hear that and I'll put my hand on my heart and at minimum I'll go like I know that in this moment money feels hard that that story feels true it's because that's what you experienced Talia you saw it you you know and that's when after that love and empathy I can actually switch over to my conscious mind that knows that money's a frequency and it's unlimited you know it's it's available to me and that there's unlimited possibilities and that of course I'm going to pay this bill and of course I'm going to be fine and of course I'm rocking this life But if we just get the trigger and then go, no, 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 money's a frequency and I'm just going to keep, you know, mantraing, you're missing that piece of that acknowledgement and that compassion to just try to get back into the conscious, but your subconscious, as you're saying, is the thing that's coming up. So giving them that love and empathy, actually for me anyway, I'm sure this is, you know, for most people, it allows me to pivot back into my unlimited possibilities. Um, And that truth that I also know in my heart of the way energy works or how valid and worthy I am. So it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's interesting how we can even pivot on the spot um when we're reacting by realizing as you're saying that's not mm-hmm. the me now reacting yeah and it's also interesting you said um something in the beginning of that where it's like that like push through energy mm-hmm. and if we think about too and i recognize that not all of us grew up with a mom and a dad and even if we did we maybe didn't grow up with like the ideal mom dad i get that but if we can just envision being little and like falling and scraping your knee, what's the energy that we would go to seek? It would be that like motherly loving, like, oof, I got you. Like, come here. Let's just like put some, you know, whatever we need to put on there. It it wasn't the like, ah, get up. You're fine. Get out of here. That wasn't, we might've received that, but that wasn't what we were seeking. That wasn't what we were needing. And so, you know, healing a scratched knee versus healing our old stories and behaviors patterns, it's the same energy. So we're not that like, get over it, get through it, just forget about it, move on. Mm. That's not the energy of healing. The energy of healing Mm. is like, let's take a minute, come see me. I got you. Take a breath. You're okay. It is safe, right? So if we're not getting that outside, then can that at the very least be how we meet ourselves in Mm. the, in the healing? 
That's so good because the get through it is more the masculine energy. And there is a time to be like, to cultivate devotion and commitment. And there's times when I'm like, Talia, stop putting off yoga, get on your mat. It's going to feel amazing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I need that more masculine energy. But yeah, when I'm hurt inside or I'm scared Mm -hmm. um, financially, or I feel like failure or like whatever those deeper things, you're not running to the energy of like, get over it. That like never would make you feel, or if you have a lover or a child or someone in your life, if they're like, I'm really going through it, whether they're a man, a woman, they're six, they're 40, <laughs> like you're not going like, get over it, texting, you know, kissy face, right? get over it. It's like you first need that. It's okay, sweetie. I'm here. Like, man, that sounds tough. Like I, mm-hmm. I hear you. Wow. Yeah. Rub your back, give you a hug. And yeah. then again, you can almost pivot more into that. Now get, get out there, know who you are. You've got this, mm-hmm. um, but it's like not before the nurturing. Um, yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so yeah. good. Uh-huh. Is there anything else that you feel that you want to add about manifestation? Mm-hmm. Anything? I mean, there's been so much gold in here and we've got so much to go on here, but is there anything that you feel is unsaid? Um, Seekers mm. manifesting their dream lives. <laughs> I mean, I, I trust you say it all the time. Like it's all available. It's right there. If you like the truth of the matter is if your sweet little soul and brain can think it, it, it straight up, it's there for you. Cause what you're desiring isn't the same as me. And, and so what you're desiring likely isn't there for me, but it's there for you. And so there's just that, like, yeah, look for the proof. Like it is there, all of it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's there. It's all here for us. I love that. And it is a growth journey. You know, I always say like, if you're unwilling to grow through what you go through, we can't, we won't receive that fullest capacity that is there because it is, as you say, it's all available to us, no matter how out of reach it feels, but it is also this growth journey. So when you hit your upper limit, when you hit your edge, it's like, go find Kyla and do work with her, (laughs) but start to inquire more. It's not your fault. It's not that you're weak or, you know, can't do it. People will be like, maybe I'm just not cut out for it. It's like your nervous system isn't yet ready. Yeah. Potentially. Right. Yeah. It all makes perfect sense. When we start to look at our beliefs, when we start to dive into our beliefs, all of it makes sense. Mm -hmm. All of what we've not yet been able to achieve all of what we've pushed away. It all makes so much sense. Once we start opening up the stories and and getting clear on the fact that those aren't even our stories. Those are just stories that we carry. They belong to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Cast on forever. Like, nope, no, I'm good. I'm ready to break that. (laughs) Totally. Thank you so much, Kyla. And how can people find you? What do you offer if someone Mm. wants to do work with you or where Mm. can we direct people? I'll put everything in the show notes, but where's the best place to connect? Best place is Instagram. It's usually where I'm most active. So the sacred, yeah, the sacred, I'm like, what is my account? The sacred <laughs> underscore essentials, uh, or my website, the sacred essentials.net. My, yeah, my, my most active and, and fun place that I keep, you know, inviting people into is my online community. It's called the essentials. And I'm going to give your listeners a, a specific code to join, but it's, Oh gosh. Mm -hmm. Somatic practices, over 200 practices in there, breath work, meditation, movement. We have guest speakers. We drop into big breath journeys twice a month together. We have weekly calls every Wednesday. It's like this beautiful, loving community that gets together often and moves through our own evolution process journey, whatever that is. We're here to support each other. And, and that's, that's my home. You'll find me there all the time. So everyone's Mm -hmm. invited and I'll give you uh, 50% off your first month code. And then it's 55 a month. Wow. That yeah. is incredible. Thank you. I will put yeah. that below. That sounds so beautiful because it sounds really like this with somatics. It's not just, you know, you take a course for a few weeks and then you're good. It's mm-hmm. like, I love that. It sounds like it's like a membership style because we do need that ongoing because mm-hmm. stuff comes up and it comes up for all of us. And I think the most successful people are the people that meet their shit and work yeah. through it. It's not that they become shitless. Okay. This is getting yeah. <laughs> It's not that it all goes away. It's that I love that. So like a membership space is, it feels like the perfect place because we do need to always be doing that ongoing work, especially for us that have these big dreams and desires that we're stepping into. Yeah. And it's just nice also to remember that, oh, I'm actually not alone to have that Mm -hmm. community, that sisterhood and 
you know, people that you can come to and like, Hey, I'm having a time. Like, let's talk. Can someone talk me through this? And just to have that community that comes in and is like, yeah, I got you. Like, you're good. I got you. That's been actually, that's been like the most profound part of this is I often don't even have to say anything. I'm just watching the chat and the conversations and each other, like everyone's supporting each other. It's beautiful. Mm, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank yeah. you. I'll definitely put that below. Yeah. Um, this has been such a pleasure, Kyla. I know that I'm going to be on your show at some point. And so um, we can, you know, take this conversation over to your platform and you have a podcast that you are just launching. So can oh you my tell us about that a little bit? <laughs> yeah. So it launched from the day we're recording. It launched yesterday and I'm so freaking excited. So it's called Reclaimed and the theme is, is stories and conversations of women reclaiming their power in whatever that means to them. And it feels big and bold and I love it. And I'm very excited for our conversation over there. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'll put that yeah. below too. That's creating a podcast. I know we've talked about this a little bit. It was the best thing ever. And it's such a beautiful way for us to take in information as well. Mm-hmm. I love listening to podcasts. I love putting them on and drives and it's just neat for you to be able to help people in that way too. Um, because it, it's so accessible, you know, you can do it mm-hmm. while you're listening, while you're doing the dishes or on a walk mm-hmm. and, um, so powerful. So I cannot wait to listen. I'm so excited celebrating you. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, good. I feel it. I really do. This was yeah. so great. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode on the Awakening Her podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation between me and my guest. And if you did, we would love to hear from you. Come find us on Instagram. All the links are below in the show notes. Take a screenshot that you're listening to this episode, sharing your takeaways or your enthusiasm for the show. Tag us both over on Instagram. And if you do that, I will send you a free gift. I really do hope you enjoyed this conversation and I will see you in the next episode.